Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you live in Technicolor from the beautiful Hollywood Hills, California. The show where the total retail price of their advice is zero dollars. This is Highline's Talks. Featuring guest musical performers, Metallica frontman, oh my, it stars and garners. Also featuring, hey buddy, you're a tier high. Look out, it's Automaton 2000. And now, from Spreadsheet City, here's your host, Captain Idol. Ah, yes. Welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Timelines Talks, the calm, relaxed, slightly ill version of this week's show, <laughs> brought to you by myself. To, with me, as always, is Tomaton2000 and Stars and Garters. Gentlemen, how are, you, how are you feeling to be on the premium number one show for all things Star Trek Timelines? I was about to say you missed it out, you bastard. But then Nearly. You me. All right, yeah. I'm getting there. I'm not on my well, this you, week. Now, <laughs> now that you've given us the spiel, I'm in pretty good spirits. Thank oh, you. Oh, good. Lifted you up. Uh, yes, okay. So this week, uh, we've had literally quite a few things happen within the last, like, six, five, six hours, um, which, as always, where we thought, oh, this is just going to be a dull show. It's actually going to be quite a... Quite okay. Well, yeah, I say dull. Don't I don't say dull. <laughs> I mean, what the you hell are you guys watching this show? <laughs> okay, I don't mean dull. I mean, as in, we're going to have to goof to make up time. Uh, we've we've actually got some things to talk about this time. So um, too much cold medicine. Us? Oh, don't goof even to start. To make up time, us? Uh, <laughs> I promise I'll be on my game next week. This week, this week's not going well. Okay, right. Bear with us. So, um, first off, shall we do our? Uh, usual thing now which i'm going to say usual thing uh congratulations to the event winner from last week so congratulations to ssr brie i assume that's the way you say it bri for the win on the hybrid event congratulations you have five copies of captain solok um so yes no very well done that was an impressive score actually i believe it was literally double the amount of the previous which you know, I think a lot of that was on shuttles, but, you know, to keep up the... To maintain it during a, in a, a galaxy event is certainly something. But the important part of this is we can actually now check these event scores. Because literally, within the last hour, the event hub is up. We now have the ability to look through the last... Hang on, let me count, if someone's counted it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine events, or late eight and then... The latest one so we can actually look at the leaderboards and where you ranked you can get your previous rank histories up are you, are you putting this on screen i will be one? in a second there we go right this is so this is the event hub a nice a nice fantastic look at that button isn't that a nice button there auto do you like look that, that shade of purple isn't it lovely I threw up in my mouth i'm, I'm dizzy i'm feeling faint who decided that um crayola wouldn't even attempt a color like that that is the most <laughs> loud obnoxious purple i've ever seen in my life that being said now, the event that, hub looks like a lot of fun it's it's kivas fajo uh, purple i was gonna say tulaberry wine purple yeah you so go nice. with that prune juice purple i think is a is one yeah, but that is a, 
But no, we have now here, we have everything from the event that's coming up this week, the first Doctrines with uh, Solok, all the way back to uh, this one from the previous Mega, where we can see Mechalobe uh, won it with a, a wonderful 8 million VP on a, I believe it's a faction event. Does it actually tell you what event type this was? I don't think it does. Um, I don't think so, but if Mechalobe won it, then it's a faction. <laughs> it was a faction, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Oh yes, yes, it, it does tell you if you, when you first click into the event hub. It's right up there. Oh the yes, yeah, there it is, so it's right up the top here. Yeah. It's that cold medicine kicking in. Oh, this, this is gonna. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna be doing a lot of clicking today, so you guys are gonna have to take the talk, and otherwise it's gonna get mad. Well, um, you know what? I'm gonna give you a bit of like a medicine in sort of like in 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 word format, and say that Stephen and Sinner wants to congratulate you, saying good job remembering to shout out the winner. We have a very forgiving audience. They don't expect <laughs> a lot from us. Yes, so not only can you look at the top fifty scores, but you can click on find me, and it will jump yep. down to where you finished, which is helpful to know. Yeah. Uh, how many victory points you scored in an event and if you're close to a threshold maybe you can check that out while you're down there as well but uh... yeah i'm pretty sure people are going to use this to be like hey does anyone know who ranked near 1500 and then we can start yeah. tabulating and getting an idea of what was the average chronoton spend what was this what was that um wrg ben says it's supposed to catch your eye auto Yes, but not supposed to burn out your cornea. So maybe there's, maybe you can just. And yet you're still actually causing problems for us. So you know, <laughs> maybe a rainbow color. That's a good idea. I like that. It'd be interesting to see if this event hub button is going to stay because I think that's one thing we didn't confirm with Ben, which hopefully maybe I'll confirm in chat. Is this is that button actually going to be there come Monday when the event finishes, so we can still check our scores? I have a feeling it might be, but I can I can stand corrected. Well, yeah, I'm sure he'll tell us in a minute but um if i recall correctly from the stream with ben when we were talking about it he, he said that they would like to have an event in the active state and one in the the planning state so you can possibly see even next week's event crew maybe even by packs ahead of time i think that's what was something that was mentioned but that they may be ironing out the details on that so yeah it, it would be nice to have it sort of uh yeah, yeah he says it'll so that is now I'll a permanent say, feature. Okay. It's a permanent feature of our screens yeah. now. So that's that's there, which makes sense. Just take a piece of masking tape uh, over the corner of your phone <laughs> and make sure that that's blocked. Well, so you can just put your thumb over it, can't you? You can just uh, get one of those visors that Wayun has and just you know filter it out. <laughs> make everything or else purple. Like, it's purple. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Dilithium purple. Exactly. Um, Twenty-four seven, three hundred sixty-five days a week, or so. Get the fuck used to it. 365 days a week is that that's a long week <laughs> yes guess what that's that's how long you have to do get working something lighter that happened this uh happened today was a, an event an announcement went up saying the chronoton update which everyone got a little bit excited and went oh chronotons but actually for people <laughs> for people who are uh, saying you've reached your cap of your chronotons you've got a full star base you've you've got that all those collection bonuses doesn't actually affect you i think the exact wording is for the earlier players for people that are still leveling up there's a bit more of a cron boost for yourself so i think we got a little bit excited and went oh crons more more cron oh no never mind <laughs> more stocked and saved up for all of us which for yeah. which you can see on my nightmare on my new on my alt here which i'll go into in a, another week you know oh gosh i need crons so that's actually quite a bit helpful I think the highlights are the chronoton cap um, before bonuses kick in is still 150, but you'll ra you'll ramp up. You okay there? <laughs> no, I'm dying. Please go on without me. <laughs> well, it's, well, it's a bad target, I guess. Um, 
So yeah, a newer play will ramp up to that that cap of 150 a little quicker. They also potentially increase the amount of chronotons you could buy with a refresh with Dill. And then I think the other thing is they added a few um, level up points early on where you'll get additional chronotons. So it's not a hugely impactful change for for veteran players, but it should smooth out that curve for newer players. Well, it's good for chronic re-rollers like yourself, no? <laughs> chronic re-rollers? Did he plan that one? <laughs> you know what I didn't, but it did roll off the tongue quite nicely. But I mean, to be fair, that is the case. If you say it's not for veterans, well, for people like yourself who tend to have a roster for a little while and then you want to re-roll for that different kind of set of um, experience. you're going for a Valkyrie crew next time, right? You know, you're thinking about so oh, we'll this kind of this kind of change will be quite nice. It will smooth out the early game for you in a few weeks. 90% of the show will just be us talking about our alts. <laughs> oh, we should have the alt show. I've got plenty to say. <laughs> we can talk let's about get, Let's get Prime Lines talks done first. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Out. All right. Okay. But before we tangent too much, I think we have one more uh, yes. note of news to go. Uh, yes, there was a news report that came out either yesterday or today uh, saying that, and the article itself I don't have up, but uh, along the lines of. Uh, Disruptor Beam, the former owners of Star Trek Timeline, were, and I can't remember the original wording, but it says they were declaring bankruptcy. I think that actually turned out to be not quite true. Um, Shan put a statement up because uh, Star Trek Timeline still does use some uh, underlying technology from Disruptor Beam, but they, they are not going bankrupt. The actual phrase, uh, the, Shan, sorry, go on, go on. I believe they are declaring bankruptcy, but. Right. It's in the form of debt restructuring, I believe, correct? Something like that, yes. <laughs> Shan's exact yeah. note says, Shan, Shan said, Beamable, formerly known as Disruptor Beam, is not going out of business. The services they provide to us are continuing as per usual. This has no impact on the licensee. The license, I don't think, was uh, a worry because I think that went over to uh, Tilting Point anyway. But the technology underside, I mean, even if Disruptor Beam did go under, I'm sure there are some provisions to say, well, hang on, we need this to run our game from a separate company. We'll, they'll even mm. bring it in-house, I'm, you know. So I think it's a little. Don't everyone jump to the. Oh no, the end is nigh. Quick, we need to. Uh, you know, I think no. This is. Spend your chronotons quickly. <laughs> Spend them. But yeah, throw them all overboard. Oh Christ, no! I've got I've got a very strange problem where something on my computer keeps disconnecting, and I have no idea what it is. Anyway, <laughs> moving. It's all on. malware. Don't worry about it. Uh, it's all malware. So what have we done on our on our notes here? Everything else? Should we talk about? Uh, should we get rid of my game? Should we talk about this? We're flying through this this week. We've got to, because I'm going to fall asleep in a minute. Um, shall we talk about this week's crew? No? Okay. You know what? <laughs> what? Wow. You want to get us over and done with, don't you? Yes. Are you okay. sure it was just cough? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> a little something else in there as well. He drank it with his pinky out, so I thought it was okay, but maybe it's not. <laughs> oh, I have cut my nails. No, anyway, let's not go into that. Uh, okay, let's talk about this week's crew, the legendary crew for this week's... Um, what have we got? It's a Galaxy Skirmish event coming up starting tomorrow. We have uh, Spock's former love interest, the wonderful... I think, can you can you sing us in with this one, Auto? The pang, the pang, the pang, the pang. Someone better answer I'm not this. Be, I'm not good. Hello? You have a collect call from Two Skiller. Do you accept the charges? No. <laughs> yes, okay. Two Two Skiller dipset. That's the best I we could do no... for the bits of the week. 
I, I had no part in that. I like, oh. disavow anything to do with it. I got very excited about it. Let's <laughs> let's rename this episode to Cough Syrup. Oh. <laughs> Please tell me about to bring. Well, she is a TOS bombshell, as I believe she was described by uh, one of our forum go uh, no it was during the um the q a right it's like can we get some tos bombshells and i think someone at wg wrg must have been paying attention because we've had her we've had nona yeah amanda who if you go for yeah it was yeah i think zarabeth was mentioned in the um yeah the event the thing yeah like it's all like so we're getting our tos bombshells for the people who want them that being said not everyone does want a dip sec to skiller so you know um, I mean, every mega has to this... have one. Every mega has a two skiller at some point. Some have more, and you know we've spoken about that. But yeah, you know you got have. I think they've got to throw one in there for the crowd that loves them. Don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> it's, it's not Captain Erica Hernandez, so that's a step up. That is a step up. But it is to bring. She has the Vulcan. She she has Vulcan. She has Vulcan. Uh, the plus one on that collection. If you're interested in that, seeing as this is the prime prime Vulcan sort of target and if you're going to push in recap i nearly said it then it recaps <laughs> good <laughs> god man oh, freudian. freudian slip there uh yeah you know five or five what do you reckon i mean this feels like a card for people who really like the art and really want like their tos bridge their, their bridge crew where you can now have Vulcan Executioner and Depring and the two Calafi crew. Like, mm. if you go in for that kind of thing, then that's the appeal. Sorry, <laughs> I thought you were going to keep talking. Uh, um, I usually win that bet on this show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, so she her her trait lineup doesn't look good. We're not going to get Depring variants in the future. So I think the only two traits she has under what one hundred and thirty some odd crew are Vulcan. Which, you know, we're getting half of an event in in a, in four weeks here, and then a telepath, which is an interesting one. But again, that one is mostly Vulcan, so we may not we may not ever see that as an event bonus. I may just opt to do Vulcan instead. But uh, you know, she does have the number two dip base, number one dip and sec uh, shuttle score. So I'm sure if you were to fuse her up, you would use her in certain situations, but. Without a bonus, um, I think it's fairly easy to replicate for events, if not for daily shuttles, which she can do with, with a bonus crew, a uh, purple bonus crew. So I think probably the most interesting thing about her is the episode she comes from Amok Time, which mm. Trekkies should know pretty well where Spock has his. Yeah. I'm just going to keep on doing that underneath while <laughs> I'll be your soft musical accompaniment while you continue to recap. <laughs> So, yeah, and if you if you have it on Netflix or whatever, go go back and watch, and and you have as as Spock goes to slice Kirk in half. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I deserved it. I just, I said you're the one who talks too much. We all know it's me. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's oh. fine. No, so they're they're fighting, and you see some stagehand drew with with red marker across kirk's chest and and in low <laughs> definition that's that's pretty convincing uh battle scar so anyways sorry i'm just laughing at my own joke there um 
to be fair, it's pretty great music. All right, you have you have TOS battle music. You have uh, early TOS movie Klingon. Yeah, be retooled into Wolf's theme, which I appreciate. Ah, uh, so very so iconic music in the episode, and I include this because I watched it recently in the episode Obsession, which is in season two. There's a piece of music in there, and bear in mind, I'd actually never watched that episode before. And I listened to that one. I've heard that somewhere before, and it was actually reused in uh, the excellent soundtracks for the Star Trek 09 film. There was a, a, I can't think of which part. There was an actual little sort of refrain, a little piece of a compliment where I thought, I've definitely heard that, and that is actually used by Michael, um, I cannot say his last name, but the composer, Giacchino, that's the one, um, used by in, in there somewhere. So, you know, there was definitely a lot of love in that film for the soundtrack of the original series. So it's, it's worth, you know, worth going checking up on that. Um, so the most interesting thing about this card is the music. Essentially. <laughs> um, what about what about okay? Main, the, I was going to say the main centerpiece of that episode is the homoerotic tension between Kirk and Spock, not anything else. Of the series. Um, bearing in mind she is Dipset number one. I'm thinking someone like uh, Pyrrhus Keiko or Professor Sato, who again have massive bases in those regards and the number ones in their own field. Would they? Would, would Tapring be someone that would fill the daily day to day shuttles? Um, in that regard, or is is diplomacy just too much of a common set for that to be viable? Well, they do. Like, if you have a look at the top fifty dip ranks, it's a pretty depressing story. It's like you look at someone like Prophet Sarasisco, and they're like dip base thirty, and you go, "Oh wow, they've been power creep to hell." And you, oh, it's actually like twenty points off of dip base two or three, because the power gap there between one and two is so massive, and so many of them have identical ranks. And it comes to the point where I think if you're going after dip, that big base dip crew, are you not the kind of person who's just going to duping Professor Scott? Like, were you not the kind of person who looked at that Professor Sato campaign and then individually cited up each individual copy you got? <laughs> like, if you're that kind think, of maniac yeah. for big bases, that kind of makes more sense to me, you know? I think I know some people that have done that. <laughs> Definitely know yeah. some people that have got three or four variants of Sato just because... Big base don't lie. Okay. Well, I think it, we bashed on dip quite a lot. It's been so available, uh, especially as a primary for gold crew. But I, th I think at least I have softened a little bit on that this year. This year, there's not been a huge influx. Um, but the fact, the fact of the matter is, base ranks between number two and number forty, they are only about one point apart per rank. They are very crammed in there. Pick one, you get, you know, any of them. And recently we've had, well, Amanda Grayson this last week. Um, we just got a four out of five mega with humanoid figure. And actually the last one back is, is back in May, Bridal Keiko. But even she with the shipboard damage and probably that one event per year that Keiko seems to get might even be a better investment. So... The rank looks good, but the the absolute value is just it's jammed in there. You can take pretty much any diplomacy crew you can get your hands on. They have solid stats. Sight them up. You're going to get more more value than than the screw who the score is huge, but the, the she's not much better than what you can get. Okay, it's my turn. My 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 brain is <laughs> turning off. So now you guys got to save me. Um. Moving on. <laughs> Wait, what, what did you say last week? Stars, a, a bad card. What did you say? What did you cough? 
card sucks. <laughs> card sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the best. I mean, I, th th there's value in there for the people who really want to, you know, f if you're playing Pokemon and you want to catch more, you know, then it doesn't really matter what the quality of the card is. If you love your Vulcans, if you love your T-West Bombshells, if you really like Big Base Crew, like, there's an appeal, but... I don't know. I... Okay, you know what? I've got an actual... I've got a proposition for you. And it's not the, the kind that you might expect. So, if you gave her a third skill, if you made her dip command set, because I feel like dip command would have been a more sort of logical progression. Logical. Um, and she was like, voyage, I don't know, 100. Would that be more appetizing? Or do you think it would be about the same level of meh for you? I'm curious. Yeah, I think it would sweeten the pot somewhat. It would certainly make her more appealing to sight up to be part of that Vulcan collection because she'd have some use somewhere. But, um, mm. you know, I know I've seen a lot of people say that, oh, they could have at least given her sigh because, you know, as, um, sorry, I'm just looking through chat. As Shia Porn says, she outlogics Spock. That deserves a little bit of science, surely. <laughs> you can give a, a sigh to any Vulcan and it pretty much just well, true. itself. It's actually surprising to see one without it. Well, yeah, you could have even given her med because she like has the psychological mind games with Spock and her her husband, Stom. who I can't remember his name. Ston. Ston. There we go. Um, yeah, that's a great, that's a strong Vulcan name. Um, <laughs> if if this does happen to be a response to people wanting those TOS bombshells, I think a third skill does make a difference because Voyage one hundred, Voyage one fifty, Voyage two hundred, whatever you can you can at least use those crew in that part of the game. Um, and so, I mean, consider if they'd, if they had taken the skill away from Amanda Grayson, she would be very similar in this case, big base, you could use her on a few shuttles, but that third skill really pulls through for voyages. And this is, if it's a crew, you like a character you like, then you can use them a couple times a week for potentially the next couple of years. So, I mean, I've always been of the opinion that you can't have good without the bad. I think two skills do have their place in the game, and probably most people would rather see it on some TOS person that they barely remember versus a character they really love, like a captain or first officer mm -hmm. or something. So I don't have a complaint with it. Um, like Neymar and Chet says, they did compensate a little bit by giving her that huge base power. So you will use her. It may not be, the effectiveness may not be off the charts, but she'll pop up on the top of a lot of shuttle seats, I think. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's let's spin away and move on to the person that possibly has the most powerful hair in all of Star Trek. Um, we're talking about Boreth Pike, the man that looks like he's going to hunt you down in the woods and find you and kill you. Uh, yes, it's uh, from the episode, and I forget the name, I did know it, Through the Valley of Shadows, where he meets uh, yes. Timekeeper Tanavik and gets the, for spoilers for people who haven't seen Disco Season 2, but he gets the Time Crystal and everything else happens and it's it's a fascinating episode like stars you say is one of your favorite how could you spoil that so ruthlessly <laughs> everything happens everything everything happens everything happens i'm trying to make it as vague as possible because you know it's not just the hilt of the time crystal there's a little bit of us you know so save a little for the people that haven't watched it that should you know yeah. but it's uh it's yeah. just, it's and then they we all know how holiday together. We, we all know so. how <laughs> we all know how pike ends up um or does he 
but yes, yeah, so yeah. we've got a super rare. So you, he's super rare for the galaxy. So you will be getting four out of four for him. Um, all the stars you need, uh, and also nice little bonus. He is a diplomat, which I think is quite nice that they're starting to throw out more super rare diplomats. We had dignitary Sarek last week. We've got Boreth Pike this week, and it's it's nice that we're now getting options to try and fill out that absolutely monstrous collection. Um, but here's Dip uh, Command Dip Psy, which is I believe. EV suit Pike was also Command Dip Psy. Was he Command Sex Psy? No, I think no, he was Command primary. Sex. Primary. Oh, okay. yeah, primary. He was very Sex Psy, one might say. Um, <laughs> hey. Guess what? It writes itself. I can't oh, avoid the hanging fruit. Can we, like, burn this tape afterwards? <laughs> yeah, guys, don't worry. We'll I haven't have got mine. You know, I got on your case for saying this. <laughs> like, this is, watch it. This is the get some version of... Timeline stocks. Get some timeline stocks. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. You know? Maybe you're maybe you not feeling it this week. This, this is this is the hey. quintessential podcast episode. Put it on while you're doing something else more productive. <laughs> and we will be your white noise, you know? Yeah, no, just oh. babbling on in the background. Um, so I have plenty to talk about with this card, so by all means I'm going to, because auto's already filled up the airways. Um, first thing I have to say is... I love all of the Pike variants that we have in the game. I even love the Jeffrey Hunter um, Pike just because that like the cage is absolutely iconic. I kind of wish he was a better crew, but I still love like the pose. I love how much of a Superman lantern jaw that man had. Um, the problem with this one is I think this one might have the worst art of the lot oh. um, because there's a sort of almost Jerry Anderson plasticine <laughs> smoothness to the face. I'm not sure if it's a case of the pose of, or, or like, it's a case of like the, the forwardness of his eyebrows. You look at it, it's a case of it all kind of blurs together a little bit. And it's like, I think the, the artist, the art of this last few weeks has been really, really good. Like, Dupring, like Sarah, they've all been excellent. But this one's a little bit off in the face. But to be fair, that's compared to absolutely like gorgeous manhunks like New Eden Pike and EV Suit Pike and Pike Pike Pike. Um, but the actual like sort of like meat of the card is as you say so double collections including inspiring which may end up getting um bumped up may not it's quite a large collection by this point um diplomat which is obviously like worth its weight in gold by this point discovery strange new world tags i assume um and i think he's, yeah so he's a top 10 command base so you will use him in those events if they end up manifesting because like new show events have been a bit strange recently but we'll see. Um, but what I actually want to talk about is the fact that that episode is absolutely amazing. And I think that the scene that this card comes from is one of my favorites in all of um, Discovery. And I really like Discovery. I'm, I'm a big fan. Just because... If, if I can jump in for a second. No. I, I, <laughs> let me throw a lifeline to, to a certain subset of people out there. I, I, I won't use the word hate. I strongly dislike Discovery. But there are there are two parts that stick out in my mind through the first two seasons, um, which I absolutely loved. And this this scene, this episode is one of them. So if you if you couldn't stomach getting through Discovery for this reason or that, I would encourage you to what's the name of the episode again? Uh, through the Valley of through Shadows. The Valley of the Shadows. To yeah. find find that episode and and this because I give a great bit of character development here to Pike, which. Um, you know, maybe you're a TOS fan, but you didn't like Discovery. Then it's worthwhile to 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 learn this about Pike's journey. So, 
if you don't love Discovery, give this one a chance um, and go watch that. And and Stars will tell you why. Those those old scientists, yeah, as it so, were, from Lower Decks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So basically, like a, a gentle recap of this episode. Basically, the Discovery crew need a time crystal, which is kept on the planet of Boreth, which you might know as the Klingon monastery planet later on in TNG, where they find the Kalos clone. Um, and they find the son of Chancellor Lorel and Ash Tyler, who has been named Tanavik, and he's the timekeeper who was our mega crew last year. Um, Fun fact, played by the same guy that plays Cole and Colshar. Yeah, who unfortunately now yeah, suffers no, from ALS. Yeah, no. Like, if you want to like a, a really inspiring like actor story, like look up Ken Mitchell and like, yeah. like I think he did a panel last uh, Star Trek Comic Con. Like he's a really awesome guy. Hmm. Um, but basically, they say, look, time crystals, they ain't no small shit. You you take one of these things, you pay a price. And they go through their Lord of the Rings bridge where you have to put your big ornate keys in the thing. I love that stuff. <laughs> um, and then they go into like the little crystal factory where they're all growing out of the walls and i think one in particular calls out to pike and that's where this post where he's like sort of approaching it because he's a bit transfixed and he reaches out for it and then he sees like i think he gets a little bit of a flash forward of the rest of the season but then he it jumps forward in time i think about 10 years to when he's on the uss republic i believe it is which is like the training vessel and it's obviously a redress of discoveries engineering like section don't worry about that um, in the great old Star Trek tradition. And radiation plate goes like, absolutely bonkers. Cadets dying left, right, and center. And he just like starts pulling them all out, seals off the section, gets absolutely ruined by radiation. And then he sees himself in like 10 years in the archaic TOS wheelchair, that iron lung sound... Yeah, that really mm. foreboding noise. That is quite creepy, actually. It's really creepy, uh, actually, because he comes into he, like it's like you have the focus on Pike's face, and he's touching it is like like that, like you can feel it, and then it wheels in behind him, and you hear that you hear the sound before you look, you see him really, and he walks forward and he sees it, he touches his own face, he feels what he's going to the radiation, he experiences it, and he falls back in shock pain terror fear abject despair and he's like that's my future if i take this time crystal that is the path i will go down and tanavik's like ah, oh, another boring human you know you can't you live up to your own like history and then pike does what i think might be like the most inspiring thing i can think of which is he just goes you're a starfleet captain you believe in dedication and duty and conviction and love and honor. And then he says, if I don't do this, people are going to die. And it's going to be because I was weak and I couldn't accept my future. And then Tanavik, who I imagine has basically the Klingon equivalent of like a fanboy face, watches <laughs> and he just takes the crystal, cracks it off the wall and seals his fate. And I think that might be the single most heroic thing any Starfleet captain has ever done. So he doesn't have the hero trait, does he? he no. Every, every, I, he every probably should, yeah. So yeah, there's, no, a, yeah. there's a Captain A and Captain B. And what Pike did is Captain A. Kirk would find some way to circumvent the rules. He would like, <laughs> he would like beam in a fake time crystal or something, and, and he would manage to 
to win the Kobayashi Maru without having to get stuck in a wheelchair. So which one do you prefer? Do you prefer the, the giant grapefruit balls of Captain Pike, or do you prefer the sly cunning of Captain Kirk? He, he would uh, he would reluctantly <laughs> well, seduce Tanavik. Poor <laughs> 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 Garrett Wang. Um, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna I'm gonna play a bit of three dimensional chess here, and I'm gonna quote Dr. David Marcus and say, um, "Savik was right. You never have faced death. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've cheated death. I've looked it in the face and I I, I, I ran away from it." But actually stared it bare in the face. No, I never have. And that's why Pike is the superior captain, because he has the balls to look death in the face, to look living death in the face and go, it's worth it. And Kirk took years to come to terms with that. So Okay, so, so is, is that episode reflective in these stats? <laughs> well, not, that voyage score is pretty, uh, pretty puny, but to be fair... This is the kind of crew I would have out just so I can have an all Pike bridge crew, honestly, or just so I can. Like, he's just gonna see eventually. He's gonna pop up. He's gonna be, uh... yeah, basically. Like, <laughs> even if the face isn't so great, the hair has been captured amazingly. Um, yeah, no, this is like a, like along with like um Sav um Sar- um Sarek, sorry, so many Vulcans. Um, Sarek from last week. Like, this is just a crew that is very evocative and like speaks to why I like Star Trek as a whole as a media franchise because. Of characters like this who are complex, who knuckle down and do the right thing under pressure and advance things rather than being cowards, which I appreciate. So they should retcon a scene in the menagerie where where Pike uh, Morse code beeps out to Kirk telling him I was saving the universe while you were in diapers, something like that. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe that sounds- so like an excellent segue to our next crew because they just you just you were how long were you waiting to set that up <laughs> uh, I, I wrote it down this morning no. so this, <laughs> this week's threshold no not threshold uh ranked reward super rare crew nexus kirk from star trek generations holding his axe wearing his fantastic starfleet ghillie suit there uh tier six's finest with a massive event count uh can sec dip but guys, what do we feel about Kirk? I mean, Kirk's are always event pieces for those that don't have him. He's definitely one to keep. I have a feeling the last time we had a Kirk event, I believe it was a fact, well, there was a faction Kirk event recently and he didn't quite make the cut, but I believe that was a large pool. I cannot remember. My brain is mush at the moment. Um, next is Kirk. Well, for the, the gameplay aspect of, of the Kirk character, he actually stands alone in the number of variant events. I believe... Um, Jadzia and Ezri Dax are in like second place, but Kirk is such a bankable um, event name. And yes, his bases are terrible. Probably, pardon me, a lot of people watching wouldn't even thaw him because the bases aren't that good. But with a such a bankable name like that, there will certainly be situations in the future where factions come up and you say, okay, I've saved up my boost. Now I want to go for it. Um, and you have 10, 12, 14 requisition shuttles out at once. That's what it takes to rank in high enough to get an extra copy of the gold. So when you think it's it's that time to blow your load, as it were, and try to rank high in a faction event, names like Kirk, names like Dax, are ones that you want to stockpile if you can. Now, that's obviously not his strength. He's um, it's, it's there if you need it, but he's really requisition shuttle fodder. 
it's the inspiring collection that most players will be after if you have him sitting around. He's he's in the portal, so you can get him otherwise, but getting multiple copies at once to freeze, um, I think is a big boon to players who are tied on crew slots. And there's also a skirmish is one of galaxy skirmish is one of the easier ones to rank in for newer players. So there's a little gauntlet viability there as well. If you're new and you manage to get even a single copy, you don't need to rank all the way in top 1000 to, to get that gauntlet help. So, um, <laughs> we had a friend ask us earlier this week, Hey guys, what's your favorite gold crew? What's your favorite purple crew? And I wanted to do it justice. So, I, I pulled out one of those, um, you know, March Madness, March Madness, da 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 da, the tournament brackets, with a 256 crew, and I had them go head to head, one at a time, down the list to see, all right, who do I like more, this crew or this crew? And in the super rare bracket, I went through what all 400 of them, and the one that stood alone at the end was Nexus Kirk, and I, you know, I will. I won't use all my time in this debate. I'll see the rest of Stars and Garters, but uh, it, it is uh, the movie generations. I think most people have good memories of for one reason or another, whether it's uh, emotion ship data going crazy, talking with Mr. Tricorder or, you know, whatever it is, but Nexus Kirk at the end of it from, I, I mean, we are in Kirk's idealized bliss version of his fantasy and it's him burning eggs and chopping wood. And it doesn't involve a copious amount of green women. So it's not exactly what you would expect, but just the, the quips back and forth telling Picard he was saving the universe while his grandfather was in diapers. And and then my probably my favorite music in all of Trek at, at the end of this is called Jumping the Ravine. You can find the, the link on YouTube. When they're out riding the horses and Kirk finally realizes, oh wait, this is fake after all. And he does make the Pike-esque decision to abandon Bliss and go back and risk his own life. Oh my, you know, to mm. to to save the universe one more time. It's Kirk rides again. So the whole thing from start to finish is it's just such a fun story from such an iconic character. So I I, I do really like this card. I imagine the odds are are against us, and the situation is grim. Um... So I actually have a little bit of fun. So we were talking about these crews before we came on here, and um, you remarked on the fact that not only are there no green women, there's only one woman in Kirk's dream Nexus life, and it's the one we haven't even seen before. And that reminded me of the fact that I have read the Star Trek Generations novelization. Ooh. Um, Alan Dean which Foster? Actually adds, I think it is. Yeah. yeah, I think I've actually got it on the bookshelf back there. Um, <laughs> You nerds. Um, so that that one actually includes because there was a cut scene at the beginning of Generations where Kirk was meant to go orbital sky skydiving, and there's like a lot of promo shots and like that was like meant to be about him, like kind of like chasing like that the thrill of being a Starship captain. That was meant to go before the Enterprise B scene, um, but it also elaborates that that what Picard sees with Antonia and that little like cabin, he imagines that scene over and over and over again but with every single person from his history. So he imagines Carol Marcus, he imagines Edith Keeler, he imagines all of those women that he has actually loved in that same sort of thing. So it's a case of whether or not that's really romantic and that kind of feeds into your view of Kirk as like the ultimate sentimentalist, or if that's a case of, wow, they really are all exposed to you, aren't they, James? Um, 
is a kiss of, you know, go on with the other. But I thought that was a nice sort of way of reconciling the fact that who the fuck is Antonio? You know, if, if Wicked Realm wants to save a little bit of development time, in episode 10 of, uh, of Star Trek Timelines, we see in the storyline Q appears as a door when he's trying to confound the player <laughs> and speak in riddles. So if you wanted to create the crew Antonio, you already have the door art in game. You know, all you have to do is whip up a few stats and, and call it a day. So if we ever get Antonio in game, it's got to be the door from episode 10, right? I think someone in chat was talking about uh, someone in chat was talking about doing Chakotay's grave from uh, I can't remember which episode it was and just having the two hands on the grave and that was it that was the card. <laughs> I would love that. That'd be great. Um, so people are sort of like shouting out different parts that they like about generations in the chat. I actually quite like generations. It's great. It, I, like I think it. it's even even more than insurrection. I feel like it is uh, a hostage to the fact that it feels like an overly long episode of TNG. Mm. I think Generation's biggest problem is that it feels like a succession of scenes that work individually, but don't make sense, yeah. like, knocked on one after another. Like, the bit on the Enterprise B, I think, is an amazing prologue. Uh, the bit where Worf gets his promotion is iconic. Um, I think the bits on the um, Armagosa Observatory, I actually think, has, like, a nice bit of, like, tension to it. It feels very TNG-esque. Like, the fight on Viridian 3 is pretty good. Um, I think that Data discovering his taste buds and like with Guinan uh, Ten Ford is hilarious. It is revolting. More. <laughs> I hate yes. this place. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, but it's a case of it doesn't fit into a cohesive whole, and that's why it doesn't really work. But that's probably why so many people will like still like Generations because they can just point one scene and go, "That's why I like Star Trek." Yeah, Paul Needham Chat says stellar cartography is great. And that is, yeah, but before Voyager had. <clears throat> seven of nine pulling that shift uh that scene is great both for the visual aspect of it and then data sort of losing control a little bit while he's trying to perform his duty which mm. yeah it's interesting i, I love yeah, no, yeah. I actually two two things i love about generations one is the music is fantastic you know that, that iconic thing you know you got the little you know the um champagne bottles it's spinning and just before it hits mm. the Enterprise B, just, just haunting, just lovely piece of music all the way through. And also the lighting when you get to the TNG sets, because you're used to seeing, you know, mm. you know, full flash, you know, lights are going around for the TV sets, and all of a sudden they changed it to be more movie-like, and you've got these very dramatic lights, lots of shadows, lots of sort of dark spots, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's really sort of gives it a bit more of a cinematic feel. Like, yeah, there, there's a lot yeah. to be said for Generations I... actually looking and sounding great. Yeah, and I also think that Soren is actually a really interesting villain. Like, mm. I don't think he was given quite full um, mm. time to shine, but Malcolm O'Dowell is always good quality, and the scene that he has with uh, Picard about, you know, time is the fire in which we burn, I think is really good. Yeah. Um, and I love the conversation that Picard and Soren have on the surface of Viridian 3 about, you know, about the hatred of the Borg, about his family, about time, about relationships about all of that i think is really really good um and i'm really sad wrg ben if you're still in the get in still in the chat we need a better soren card because i hate the one we have currently in the way it's here so we can go you could have casual soren in the uh in the radio holding a drink beloved tolian you know, he has that conversation with Picard where Picard just finds out, you know, obviously his nephew and brother have just been killed. Then he's like, right, I've got to go talk to this guy. And, you know, he's there and there in 10 forward yeah. and having a chat. That that Soren could be a good variant. I, well, I want him like, um, 
You know when Picard is like wriggling through the uh, the hole in the force field, and he's like crouched down right oh, next yeah, to the, yeah. uh, the gantry. Oh, he's with got his the gangster gun. Cool little folding disruptor. <laughs> yeah, it's his gangster flipping disruptor for whatever goddamn reason. I would love that. That'd be Shoots good better on. sideways. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say we've talked we've talked in the past about premium art, maybe switching between crew art or something. If they were gonna have animated art. Tolly and Soren just holding it, and all you see is the little thing flipping back and forth. <laughs> like that, that would be great animated yeah, yeah. art, right? <laughs> okay, okay. Before we recap so, the entire so I, I, two-hour yeah, movie, I was gonna say, yeah, Ben is in chat trying to trying to drum up hype for something else. So, Ben, what is next week that is so exciting? We'll wait. We'll wait. No. We did well. Next week, another Wednesday. Another Wednesday. Another Wednesday. Another glorious show of pro for us. Less on medication and more on format. Let's talk about the Tuesday pack we just had uh, coming up. The third in the triplet of Baron-born Orions. Dinesh joins Maris and Navar to complete the triplet. Uh, another Orion. Joins us uh, a sizable dip end voyage, but another, as uh, number two faction award winner DC Pilot puts it, a skillet. <laughs> Purely because of the mis- uh, the spell check didn't work at the time. So I I feel like green girls have been done dirty in this game because you have Orion Vina, um, and then from this episode both Morris and Dinesh they're all two skill crew which okay fine you can make a great two skill crew they did not in in these cases they don't have a lot relatively they don't have a lot of power they don't have a lot of use and it's like you know even the casual observer when when you talk about star trek they're like oh yeah didn't captain kirk hit on green girls or whatever everybody knows about orion slave women right so yeah i don't think it would have hurt them to 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 bump up the usability a little bit um but maybe they didn't want everyone running around using only Orion slave girls <laughs> piloting their ships. I don't know. So, yeah, this one, Dinesh. Well, hold on. We, we have a joke in the show notes. I, yeah. D- Dinesh, more like depressing. Uh... Somebody yeah, save me. quality content. I'm looking this for new co-hosts now. Uh, applications <laughs> in the chat now. <laughs> We have to put up with you. Oh, that's, uh, oh, that's now it comes out. Oh, here it is. Wait till the pretty girls on screen to distract me. Um, okay, so I'm, I'm still on. thinking about Ben's <laughs> teaser here. What is next week? Uh, we we is... have a full galaxy. Um, I remember they announced a collection that's coming out during Spocktober. Is there something else that I'm missing? What's next? It's Galaxy, isn't it? So. Oh, no, God. Oh, my God. It's the return of the dot. Oh, Jesus Nancy. Christ. <laughs> Oh my uh, god. Hey Martin, ben. how you doing? Alright. Alright, so <laughs> Idol, we're going to have to get some video for this because we, we're going to get another bit out of this because Ben is is earning it. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got... begging to be parodied. So for the podcast listeners... So you're so inconsiderate, Ben, not not counting them in. Um, we, he has produced a dash, a dot, dot, dash, and a dot. So uh, I'm going to uh, talk about Dinesh. I'm going to find a Morse code thingy online. So speaking of, of of what is he called now? He he debuted as disfigured Pike. What did they change his name to? The three uh, stars. Tribunal Pike. Tribunal, Tribunal Pike. Um, yeah. So speaking of him, there's this parody on um, Futurama, where is the guy in the the Pike chair, 
and he's uh, on trial in court and the judge asks him, you know, are you guilty of this crime? And he goes, beep, beep. And he goes, he said, yes, yes, he's guilty. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, that's what I always think of when the, when the, the dot, dot, dash. And the... <laughs> Apparently Ben was joking that actually spells T-U-E or T-I-E. So this was, I think he was just messing us up, the old kid. Is it T-U-E? Is it Could be Tuesday. Tuesday? Ah. Ooh. What what is next week? Are you ready? Are you ready for next week for Tuesday? Oh, what's happening on Tuesday? You you better deliver on Tuesday. Yeah, we're gonna set you've drummed the hype back. up now. Okay, anything more to say about Dinesh before we talk about the LTOs and then our fun yeah, segment? Extreme customizer says in chat, Navarre's three skiller. She has voyages. Yeah, she she has a good command base. She's she's a pretty good voyager. So, I think they got it right for who we were talking earlier about the awaiting Amanda Graysons of the world, and Navarre fits that mold where if if you love the character, and I do, and you love the ex, the actress, and I do, then she has the the right kind of power to be usable for almost anyone without, you know, being overwhelmingly good or bad. So she does fit the mold. Dinesh, not so much. The, the only thing I have to add is that that episode of Enterprise is dire. That's like the <laughs> really? one bad, that's like, it's like the worst episode in season four of Enterprise. It's no, I, lo- I love it because it is like, it is a complete TOS clone. Like the cheesiness is yeah, off the charts. that's why I don't think. <laughs> if Arch? I wanted Enterprise cheesiness, I'd just watch the Mirror 2 part of where Scott Bakula is not just eating like the scenery he's like chewing up spitting <laughs> out all over his co-stars and then just like inviting them to do the same right back at him that's what i want actually <laughs> okay, no. but th- this is no i think this is an excellent homage episode i mean you can just see because the uh, from the first like five minutes of it they they beam over and they do they even have this gratuitous like three minute dance scene with the girls and and the enterprise men just sitting there getting lap dances or whatever and it's like it's so gratuitous as to be like a complete ripoff of tos so i mean they don't do too many of those you reuse plot or whatever but this was like an uh, a straight you know rerun of tos so i enjoyed it for what it was maybe my feelings on it would be slightly different it was three scantily clad male Klingons, but you know what <laughs> give it time Okay, moving on. This. It'll happen eventually. opportunities. <laughs> if you guys were only privy to our pre-stream discussion on Klingons, that, that was something. I don't think, I think we would be banned from YouTube for that. Uh, <laughs> okay, this week we have two L, uh, LTA's limited time offers for crew uh, for the usual price. Uh, this week we have Captain Spock and New Eden Pike reflecting the mega event. Captain Spock, tier, he's just been moved down to tier 6, hasn't he? Yes, so uh, formerly of a campaign, uh, probably one of the first campaigns, if I remember rightly, number one, number two, uh, Captain Spock is here, command side dip. He's, he's, I've, I've had some good use out of him. I know he's sort of relegated less on my voyages lately, but guys, uh, why, why was he sort of moved down a bit? And would you still think he is, um, say, someone that took the campaign, has him four or five, is it worth grabbing that final star? I mean, he's probably going to be worth finishing off just because he is plus one Vulcan. He is a Spock. Spocks are essentially evergreen. Um, and I think he has a usable command base, which not a lot of Spocks have. They tend to be Psy or Range or Diplomacy even, rather than Command. Um, the reason why he got moved down was mostly because if you're looking for Psy Command, there are absolutely no shortage of better options. I think a lot of people have a 
a bit of a luster in their eye when they see him because he was a campaign. A lot of people got confused four out of five out of the box, and therefore they're like, oh, well, like I, I invested in him, and he did well for me on my voyage. It's a case of, well, you might have noticed that if you have someone like Tanavik or even Humanoid Figure, they're probably outperforming him there now. So it, um, it, it was sort of interesting from a gameplay point of view because he came out um, next month will be his two-year anniversary. And there was a big discussion at the time. There are certain crew who are, yeah, Ben said he's not joking. There's a big deal coming next week on Tuesday. <laughs> so there was a big discussion when Captain Spock came out about how do you balance iconic crew versus iconic or monster stats in game? Um, and you had Captain Spock who came out and he was just okay. Like the bases don't knock your socks off. The void score wasn't huge. Now you will use him a lot um, for events. I think he still has the number one Spock command base, which is a pretty common shuttle seat. But um, his power wasn't overwhelming. And he's so iconic in the movie that I think a lot of people were expecting, you know, huge stats. And names like Senator Vrenak are very similar. Everyone knows it's a fake, you know, and and I think the best thing to come out of that card was the the soundbite. So, um, yeah, the, it, it, just because they're iconic doesn't mean that they're going to be powerhouses. Um, and even though we we'd like that to be the case, they have WRG has to balance their their profit motives, you know. We have to sell some iconic crew to people who are after that. We have to sell stat monsters to people who are after that. Like Boothby Replicant, while that's a fun episode, that's not in anybody's top five iconic of all time. So um, I think it's just natural power creep that took him down a few notches. And he was a campaign crew, so most people got him four or five. Um, the campaign was after his event, so... I know I've heard a lot of names that they held on to one five from the event. They didn't sign him up because the stats didn't justify. But when you get those last four copies from the campaign, you get them five five. Now suddenly he's putting in work, um, and that's often the case with fusion level. So, yeah, I, he's a fine crew. He's more of an event piece at this stage. I'm sure he's making voyages fully fused, but the the value over other options is not massive just because of his power level so he certainly has his place he's a good crew to pick up um and justifies it with with just enough power if you love the version of him now i'm personally hoping for a refreshed power captain spock i don't know something like interrogator spock where he's you know mm -hmm. he's got his hands on valeris and he's trying to extract the truth from her yeah torpedo something like spock. that he's loading the torpedo yes. to go with to yeah, go with mccoy now you there know are a lot what? Of other options. I, I'm going to come out with a counterpoint and say that they should have Ralph Khan's um, uh, Spock, where he's got the radiation burn oh, and yeah. the, the big white gloves. That now you talk about iconic crew. That's probably the most iconic yeah. Spock has ever been. I would love that as like a maybe an inside. I don't know what else you could give him, but honestly, I would want it just for the for the art of him, like you know, like. Melting. Against the oh man, uh, <laughs> we, have, we have no more room in Spocktober. We have to have Zerabeth mm -hmm. and Captain Pike and all the other iconic Spock adjacent <laughs> crew, you know. Uh. <laughs> no, that's okay. Hey, you, you have to save something for the future, you know. You no one wants to burn through all the good crew at once and then be stuck with the Dineshas week after week. 
Okay. The other uh, limited time offer card we have, speaking of powerful hair, we have New Eden Pike, the other variant uh, available legendary card that came in a... of. He was recently featured in a reruner as my brain gone mad. Or was he just, just, no, so he no, no, that's right. You're, yeah, my brain has gone mad. No, yes, yeah, so uh, he is here. Uh, Dip Command Sai, although uh, common skill set, I believe he is actually one of the powerhouses in that category. Yes, he actually has a... That, again, we talk about the dip bases being unrepresentative. Like, number 13, like, he's a really, really high... I think he debuted at, like, number 4, and it's only because they keep on stacking those top numbers that he, he looks like number 13. Um, his voyage numbers have cranked down a little bit, but top 50 Voyager is still pretty respectable, and you could do a lot worse than snagging... I don't know, one, one of the more sure event prospects in the future from, you know, from, like, an LTO... I have him two out of five, so it's a bit more of a a risky proposition because I think he is in the portal now. So it's a case of, mm -hmm. do you want to infuse him up immediately? Do you want to use him for the galaxy crafting because it's only going to be good for this one week? It's a bit of a yeah. Yeah, now events are always a crapshoot, but what I have tucked away in the back of my brain, maybe not even the back, because I'm always thinking about it. When we had that the Star Trek Day panels um, a few weeks back, and they. They interviewed the um, cast of all these different shows. They had a Strange New Worlds panel. And so I can't see them going to all the trouble. I mean, we've there's been rumors about a, a Giorgio Section 31 themed thing, another animated series, this and that. But to have them on that panel, to have all the actors already in place and chat with them, that sort of solidifies. And of course, we can't count on events as being any kind of sure thing, but that solidifies to me a a Pike show with Anson Mount um, and and the whole everything that goes along with it. So, like you said, in terms of of event pieces, he is a Discovery crew. If we get another one of those megas, that would trigger if we get Pike events. Um, he actually, I believe, has had two factions, two had two factions in 2019 um, during what was a season two when he was heavily featured in Discovery. So. You'll have use. You'll have chances to use them, and I've. I think I've fully fused him three times now, <laughs> three different accounts, because he was the reward for one of the events that I won. So that's that's like a special thing for me. So I've fully fused him three times. I haven't regretted it yet. Um, even though the skill set is pretty common, the numbers are great. Um, and he's nothing special, but the numbers are good enough on their own. And then we had that little extra um, uh, event probability down the line. Yes. Um, so I think before we continue on, that actually reminded me of the panels. We haven't mentioned some pretty big news. I think you're Probably both not. you're both blanking out. So you're, there's pretty big news. So I don't know if the, the chat might know this as well. So there was an announcement about Star Trek Prodigy, which is oh, that other yes. animated series, uh, which I believe is going to be on Nickelodeon. So it's a bit more of a, a kid-oriented one. But Kate Mulgrew, a.k.a. Yes. Captain Captain Janeway, is going to be a main or at least recurring character on that show, and she's going to be voiced by Kate Mulgrew, so yes, if you're a big brilliant. Janeway fan, big good news. Definitely, and even though I think even though it's going to be aimed at kids, I think we're all going to end up watching it, aren't we? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, probably, and if, uh... if, if for those that haven't caught up, I'm not going to spoil at all, but for those that haven't caught up on Lower Decks yet, absolutely go and finish Lower Decks. There are some some good things and some more card ideas that happened in there, and I, I still can't wait for the cards to come in. Um, Both when... of your co-hosts are stuck on episode two, and we have yet <laughs> to get together and finish them. You do need to do do watch, do watch. Very, very, very good. Okay, let's let's uh, move on to our 
featured fun thing. Auto, do you want to take us through this? You kind of briefly mentioned it earlier. Yeah, so I, I was going through this, the, the big tournament bracket, hundreds of crew narrowing down who my favorite is. And and actually, when we first started this, I called these guys up in chat and we spent, what, two hours on, on a Saturday night or whatever it was, just talking, like, you know, having a some of these discussions almost got serious that's how much fun it was <laughs> about you know which crew is better which one do i like better so i thought you know let's do this this let's do this tournament style bracket for the show and we can have all sorts of different fun topics um i, I we already do the behold behold a meter for who do you want in game but there are going to be some other fun topics so i think we are spearheading this <laughs> we are and with chat it, there is going to be some participation for you as well there will be some voting so you'll get to influence uh, what happens here as much as we will so there'll be yeah definitely something for so get your browsers ready we are going to do something today <laughs> yeah we're going to kick this off with an an eight-man tournament yeah we'll bring that up now. the theme of which is who would you rather be stuck in a shuttlecraft with so in round one we have mariachi q and his very loud trumpet versus <laughs> grand nagus zek and his very annoying voice Okay. In the, round, in it, the second matchup is Naked Flocks. I'm not sure you went oh, that stuck to your, your vinyl seats. Uh, versus Fezzik, who is leaking uh, radiation from his suit and smells like an armpit. In matchup number three, we have Vedic Win Adami, who could not be more, um, <laughs> who could My not child. talk down to you more if she tried. Versus Ambassador Troy, who's very flamboyant and in her episode was actually stuck in a turbo lift with odo and damn near drove him crazy and in matchup number four we have cybok who just wants to talk about your pain the entire eight hour car trip versus <laughs> virtuoso doctor who will be singing ballads from his new album so i think if you have those links you can put them okay. in chat i am going to put the first poll in chat now um this is a straw straw poll link so if hang on where are we Follow that. Have a little vote, and we're going to start with uh, we're going to start with Mariachi Q versus Grand Nagus Zek. So th this week, uh, you guys, the you viewers, are making the decisions, and we're going to try to talk you in one way or the other. And some weeks we might switch roles and have us decide, and you try to convince us. Oh, we've got some votes in already. Well, I have to point out. So we have these eight people. Neelix isn't in there. <laughs> he, I think he was number nine or ten, and he just barely didn't make the cut. I'm sorry, but Neelix is like, are we not thinking about the iconic moment in Voyager when like Tuvok is trying to rein in his violent impulses, and the the, the most direct way he can think of to test his emotional control is going on the holodeck <laughs> and trying not to kill Neelix. <laughs> Don't worry, we're th this is going to be a, a recurring segment, so I'm sure we'll have plenty of Neelix in the future. All right, so mm. you linked. Mariachi Q versus Grand Nagazek. Now, this is who you would rather be stuck with. Yes. So the I, I, less the less annoying of the two. So, so which which Zek is this? Is this normal, you know, just, just brooding Grand Nagazek, or is this actually the one that's been extra extra sort of hyped up and optimistic and been uh, subverted by the prophets, or is this sort of just regular Grand Nagus Zek is... doing Beetle snuff off the console? Or... It's the stock standard. <laughs> Where's my Beetle snuff? <laughs> Mehardu, get over here! <laughs> oh, Mehardu, why don't we have him yet? Tiny Ron, why don't we have him? Yeah. yeah. Okay, now, now personally, I happen to like mariachi music, so that wouldn't bother me so much. I think I'd rather be stuck with mariachi cue. 
because well, Grand Acres Zach, not I, only I is his voice terrible, but he's going to be picking earwax out of his ear the entire time. Not in my car. <laughs> and not to mention, like, Mariachi Q, well, like, why you can make the thing of, well, why isn't he he's Q, why hasn't he just jumped us, like, straight ahead to the destination? He is at least in his most celebratory and happy mood, so he sure. might give you, like, I don't know, a cigar or a free laugh or some, you know, like, some lovely women. I don't need your fantasy women. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you want tips on how to make the most Latinum? <laughs> mm. The greatest tips from the Grand Nagus himself? <laughs> your your Frankie impression is uncanny. Thank you. <laughs> when we when we do our Star Trek Adventures sessions, which is which we are getting spooled up soon, uh, I will. There may be some Frankie impressions coming out there. Uh, let's have a look okay. at you know what so... you should do? You should get some Frankie ears to put on your headphones. <laughs> so that you... uh, I love it. I think that'd be great. All right. Let's shall we call this one now? Then move yes, on. Chad okay. Yeah, cool that, yeah. How do I stop and it? Shot. Oh, no, that's fine. So we have a winner here. We have uh, nine votes to seven. We have Mariachi Q. Um, so sling on there, Auto. Do you want to fill out the bar and we'll move him down? Yes. Actually, I want to move that down. That should update. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm a little slow today. <laughs> it must be the must be the cough syrup. Okay. Yeah, the winner in match number one is Mariachi Q. Okay. I'm sure he would play the music for his own win if he could. Okay, so the next round is Auto, please. Flux so. au naturel with the sight gag versus Fezzik. Fezzik, I will get I, I can't even see how this is a, a conversation to be had. Like, Flux is my favorite part of. Okay, so I. I Enterprise is one of those shows okay, where like, I try and recommend it to people and it's really hard because I have to say, it's a bit shit, but there's some really good bits <laughs> in it. Because um, I think that Trip Tucker, I think that T'Pol and Phlox are some of the most quintessential Star Trek characters you can get. The rest of the show is kind of ass, but Phlox is one of my favorite Star Trek Doctors in terms of like his bedside manner and his character. He would be stuck in a shuttlecraft for eight hours with a naked Denobulan. <laughs> Like, how <laughs> awful you're are you forgetting who you're talking to here okay is is that your fantasy like if i pick naked wharf that would be the easy wolf win. au natural mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I think it's it good looks I mean... it looks like chad agrees with you because right now it's a landslide for flocks I, i'm um, gonna i'm gonna say that i'm i, I probably am, I would imagine that chat aren't too familiar on who fezzik is <laughs> Is that he, Juggernaut? Yes, the, the Voyager, Voyager one. Yeah, that's a great no, 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 oh, no, is it no, not? no, no, no. That, that's no. a different one. He, he's the one where they're on the the injured or the the damaged freighter, yeah. and Belana has to beam over and try to fix it. I and think that is Juggernaut, isn't it? Did I see? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of of Knight with the or... the mutated Malon in ah. like the in the gas who's killing everyone, and Torres like has yeah. to confront her anger issues because she sees herself in the Juggernaut. I I thought that was a great. That was really fun. Okay, well, I guess we don't have to spend two. This is a landslide. This is absolutely a landslide. <laughs> to zero, everyone wants to be on a shuttlecraft with a naked Denobulan. I guess so. <laughs> my my case was too convincing. I'm gonna go ahead and update that score. Yep. And Flox, hey, there every bit of him moves okay. on to the semi-finals. Okay, I'm just Optimism, I'm not Captain. So who we got? We got Vedic Winadami. 
Lunar Dami versus uh, Ambassador Troy. And now put... this, so this Troy, I already kind of gave you the brief version. She gets stuck in a turbo lift with Odo, who is, he has to revert to his gelatinous state or else he'll lose cohesion. And she's been harassing him this entire episode. So he's like, he's he's sitting in the corner. He's like, don't look at me. He's got his back to her. He's like, yeah, he's very gruff in this episode. And he ends up pooling into her. She holds up her dress and he pulls into her dress and he does soften a little bit by the end of it. But Oh, well, um, you're forgetting how how, he, how she manages to convince him to do it because he has like his makeup deteriorating and he's like, I refuse to be like this in front of another person. And then she takes off her wig and like she's like, oh, that's right, yeah. she's, like it's you know it's about you know you can be whoever you want to be in front of me i'm not actually going to judge you and like that's where the i love that relationship like the odo and troy yeah. relationship i thought was such a because they do that quite a bit in early ds line they bring in like a tng character like they did it with the dura sisters they did it with q and bash and i think the troy odo connection was something that they struck on and it worked so well because that other i think it's like a season four episode where i think the a plot is jake is getting Mind vampired by some old woman. Oh, God, I hate <laughs> but, oh, the creepy plot, old lady. but the B plot where like Troy has to get Odo's help getting out of a marriage and he actually and Odo realizes, oh I do actually feel for Alexana. That's a really nice and soft and warm and happy like part of the episode. I really love that part. And I'm just thinking about Jake. Jake is like sitting down writing. She's got his her hands all over his head and she's like sucking the life out of him. <laughs> With the straw and everything. Sally LaPepide. <laughs> <laughs> when do we get like Crusher drinking Riker's brains out with yes. a straw? Where's that's that a fusion gone? card. Oh, that's got to be a recurring mega yeah. or something. Okay, this is looking oh. like a landslide. Uh, Another for... landslide. Apparently everybody hates Vedic Win. Two, right? Oh. <laughs> 14 to 2. Pathic, my child. I, I have to say, like, uh, what's her name? Uh, she's Nurse Ratched. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I forget her name. That's what. Absolutely incredible actress. God, what a hateable character. Oh. <laughs> okay, so that's... Uh, we so have we our third contestant moving on. Okay. So, we've got Cybok versus Virtuoso. Can't spell Virtuoso Doctor. Now, I actually watched, rewatched Virtuoso Doctor's episode, um, funnily enough, titled Virtuoso yesterday. So, I actually, I mean, he, I think he did all the singing for that episode, uh, Robert Picardo. So, I like the episode. I like the character. I'm not sure I could handle eight hours of opera stuck in a shell craft with, with Doctor. Now, see, I'm going to come out with the other angle. I really like Cyborg as a character. I think that while. The, the trope of the, oh, Spock has another hidden relative it, it mm-hmm. is a bit old by this point. Cyborg is such an interesting take on Vulcans of completely free and open with his emotions and happy to help other people with them. And I think what, what I like the most about his character is that what he does isn't necessarily brainwashing because it is actually genuinely therapeutic and does help people get through their pain. Um, and I think that that scene where he visits Kirk, Spock, and McCoy in the weird galley room, and he shows them, you know, McCoy's um, father dying, and Spock's birth, you know, and then Kirk's like, you know, I need my pain! <laughs> I think that scene is, like, that's worth the price of admission for watching Final Frontier, because it's genuinely a really good scene. Uh, is he paying you for this or something? <laughs> I don't think it's worth watching Final Frontier for that. <laughs> 
What, are you telling me that the, th the three-breasted Catwoman wasn't your, your mm. highlight of the day? No, no, it would either be Scotty banging his head on the... Yeah. On the roof, or um, shuckery at the end. I know this shit like the back shit. of my hand. <laughs> Dong. Are we not going to talk about naked Uhura as well? How demeaning and awful that okay, was. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. Let's 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 keep this a little more tightly focused. Okay, so we're looking this like is, uh, this is a little closer. Yeah, this is closer. I was watching it go up and down, but we're looking like uh, virtuoso Doctor wins ten votes to five. So I'm going to mm. say that will be that will be the winner there. Okay. See, because normally I love the Doc. I think he's a great um, character, but God, he was conceited in that episode. Okay. Oh, come now, Catherine. It's not such a big deal. So, <gasps> first semi-final, Mariachi oh, Q versus Naked Flocks. So, and in the lower part of the bracket, Ambassador Troy versus Virtuoso Doc. Indeed. I guess I got to be a little more careful. I, I just shuffled the seats this time. We had a few lopsided laughers of a competition mm. so i think we'll finish the the rest of this bracket next week oh right are we okay on... i just posted the link hang on remove <laughs> we'll do that again <laughs> next time i didn't realize i thought we were doing this all to, all this week <laughs> message retracted no that's fine we, hey we gotta leave them wanting more okay right? that's cool we'll remember that we'll carry on with that one but yeah that's, that's that's an interesting format i think we'll definitely be doing a lot more of this i think this is a again we we spent what about an hour and a half nearly two hours like going through this list and it was it was really fun <laughs> it was really good yeah well it just, just kind of reveals a lot about what you like in star trek and what your favorite episodes are and what your favorite characters are and it says a lot about the person as well hmm. yeah i mean at, at one point i took timison over first officer burnham now if you had that behold choice in game you know you'd have to be crazy to do that but in this case i just love timison's episode so i took him over for a soft burn yeah you can go to um another Chalo... good Loxana troy episode by the way yeah. well aren't they all uh challenge c-h-a-l-l-o-n-g-e.com you can make your own brackets up to 256 crew yeah just you know if you want to treat yourself to little a little self-exploration. Uh, <laughs> go there, throw in a bunch of names, find out who you really like. Maybe it'll even help you with citation decisions if yeah. you're really paralyzed. And for everything else, there's MasterCard. No, I was going to say, I, couldn't, I, no, I started that through. sentence and I didn't you, end it. Now, if you had had that prepared in advance, you could have said for everything else, uh, there's Barclay card. And uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn. You need to host the show when I'm, I'm like this, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, I think, before we all collapse in a in a, a pool of in a, in inebriety, um, <laughs> I think it's time for us to say goodbye. And we'll see you next week. Next week, hopefully, we'll have some uh, some more news. We'll talk about next week's event. We will do some more of this. We'll go Thanks. through the semifinals. Big day on Tuesday. We were promised apparently code. Yeah. You know, the tractor beam finally arrives. <laughs> 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 it's just how quick you were with that it's just like These oh it's too dark episodes have just been building up to that joke by stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's it we're done we're done uh from myself from auto from stars we will see you next week goodbye <laughs>